I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where finance, technology, and policy come together. I'm your host, Chris Brummer, and the future of finance is now. The United States isn't the only country considering a central bank digital currency. In fact, other countries are well ahead of the United States in considering a digital dollar, with the Bahamas already having instituted a functional CBDC, the SAND dollar, along with the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, which has released its own digital cash, or DCash. But by far the most significant actor to date in the CBDC conversation is China, which, as the most important trading nation in the world and the second largest economy, has already ruled out a variety of pilot projects aimed at the release of a digital yuan. But the country's efforts have come under enormous scrutiny with concerns raised as to the privacy afforded holders of the currency and the ultimate aims of the People's Bank of China. Which is why I was delighted to have the opportunity to talk to Mu Chun, the Director General of the Digital Currency Institute at the People's Bank of China, at the DC Fintech Week conference that I host every year in Washington. I had the pleasure of doing the interview with John Frost, a senior economist at the Bank for International Settlements and a thought leader on the subject. And as a treat to our listeners, I wanted to share our conversation with you to get an inside perspective on one of the most significant projects in the fintech ecosystem. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? I saw that you sort of listened in a bit, uh, uh, Mu, on the earlier conversation on Asia's uh, innovation path. Um, so, so maybe it's just worthwhile maybe continuing the theme and 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 asking you, um, uh, when you look at China's innovation path, uh, how do you see it as being different uh, from that of the United States or, or, or the rest of the world? Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, John. And it's my pleasure to be here. And for this uh, innovation path, but I believe the the most different uh, approach actually uh, adopted by the U.S. and China is the wait and see policy. In China, we actually adopt adopting a, uh, a pilot or a sandbox. Uh, it, it sounds suitable by most of the audience. It's a sandbox approach. That is to put a <clears throat> to build up a trial environment to have a pilot program to run it. And after some time, if we can reach a, 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 a desirable uh, result, then we can roll it out to the whole nation. That That's the most approach, most uh, frequently adopted approach in China. Uh, I think that will be a different from US uh, situation. Um, we call it a wait and see policy. So. That's why we have, now we have Alipay and Tenpay. We have so many big, big techs in China, uh, which is all, all actually, we, which are all uh, raised up at, uh, uh, by this wait and see policy. So that wait and see policy gave uh, a very friendly environment for the big techs to grow. But of course, from the regulatory part, 
Now, after the wait, we have to see, we have to review all the consequences, the pros and cons of those, those big techs. So now uh, we have a wait enough. And then uh, recently with the re regulatory agencies, uh, including uh, the People's Bank of China, the CBRC and CSRC, they have already uh, taken a lot of measures to uh, actually to deal with those uh, consequences of this, uh, you know, uh, development of these big techs. Of course, the big techs actually contribute a lot in terms of financial inclusion, in, term, in terms of uh, financial in innovation, but there are some negative uh, uh, influence or negative impacts. For those negative aspects, we have to uh, make it a better to uh, to uh, lead them to a right way. So that's why we now we have so many counter, uh, I mean, uh, uh, monopoly measures in place uh, to make make those big techs better, make the whole market better, and uh, we give we'll give a level playing field to the market. So I think that that's the biggest difference between U.S. innovation path and Chinese innovation path. Yeah, th that was very much sort of a, a theme in the in the earlier uh, uh, panels, uh, particularly the the sort of experimentation. Um, the, 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 that that theme was actually introduced with uh, Augustine Karstens uh, at the very outset of sort of the experimentation with fintech more more more, more generally, which is a, perhaps a little bit. Um, Less the 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 defining uh, characteristic in 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 the United States, um, uh, uh, but you've introduced this the second aspect that we haven't talked about, but but I know we will later the sort of antitrust question. I think that really what the audience is is very interested in hearing from you about is a little bit more about um, the ECNY, the the, the so-called digital yuan, and, and and really what would be the core features. Of a sort of a digital um, uh, currency, uh, and, and what have you been able to? Uh, what is it that, that that you'd be able to tell us uh, about its its likely operation? Well, this uh, design of uh, e actually um, uh, it shares both the features of physical RMB, which is the the physical banknotes, uh, such as settle upon payment anonymity. And the features of electronic electronic payment instruments, which are the less costly, highly portable, uh, high efficiency, and hard to counterfeit. So we, <clears throat> the design of ECNY mainly considered the following features. For example, the identifiable both as uh, account-based and value-based, and also quasi-account-based system. Uh, ECNY is account-based uh, and and uh, in terms of, you know, a account system actually is the most valuable asset of the commercial banks. So <clears throat> it's important for the commercial banks not to abandon their most valuable assets. So that's why, firstly, the ECNY system, ECNY is an account-based account system and also a quasi-account-based uh, system. And at the same time, we had to take advantage of uh, the recent technology development, which is a uh, token-based or value-based system. 
So it has a variable face value and also enable value transfer via token. So we took the all the advantage of, of the uh, incumbents, or we call traditional uh, payment system, and also the uh, incoming in forthcoming new technology. Um, so that's why we are the reason why is a hybrid system. Uh, both featured with uh, account-based, quasi-account-based and value-based. And second feature is the non-interest uh, uh, payment. The reason why it's mainly producing as M0, so the, it treated the same as the physical RMB under M0, which carries and pay no interest. And thirdly, it, it, the cost is very low. Consistent with the management of physical RMB, the PPC does not charge any fees uh, from the authorized arbiters and also the end users for exchange and circulation services. And now, of course, the authorized operators do not charge any fees from the individual users for the ECNY-related services either. And uh, of course, uh, the uh, the uh, there's uh, other features such as settlements upon payment since uh, you know since it's uh, uh, token based or value based according to the settlement finality the the eastern y is loosely coupled with account uh, banking account so the payment through eastern y wallet uh, eastern y wallet are settled upon uh, payment uh, the action of payment and and also we um, provide anonymity or we, we call it a managed anonymity function. The ECNY follow the principle of anonymity for small value and traceable for high value. And uh, we attach great importance to protecting the personal information and privacy. So it aim to balance or strike a balance between combating uh, the illicit transactions, for example, the <clears throat> money laundering and tax financing, and also to protect the privacy or personal information of the general public. Um, the, of course, uh, we uh, adopted a variety of uh, technology to protect or safeguard the safety, uh, including uh, the digital certificate system, digital signature, and the encrypted storage to prevent double spending, illegal duplication and counterfeit, and also to achieve uh, a irreversible transactions. So a multiple multiple layer security system have been initially initially established to mitigate the potential risks. Of course, uh, the ECNY is a uh, is a smart money. Uh, it has programmability uh, capability. So it could be realized by deploying smart contracts without impending its legal tender functions under the Primaries of security and compliance, the feature enable self-executing uh, payment according to predefined conditions of terms agreed between two parties so as to facilitate the business model and uh, innovation. Um, those are the basic features of uh, the uh, ECNY. Um, with those uh, basic features, we could provide a wider access to the central uh, bank money and it could provide a level playing field to the market participants and also 
we could reduce the competition with bank deposits. So we could uh, mitigate the risks of this intermediation. So those are the basic features. Thank you. Back to you. Thanks, Changchun. So, um, you know, countries we've noticed um, are thinking about CBDCs for many different reasons. The motivations differ um, according to the characteristics of the countries. And we're wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about what the problems are that the ECNY plans to solve. Is it primarily a response to market developments, like the dominance of the big techs that you talked about before? Or are there specific opportunities that you see in the Chinese context? Well, the actually, the, this question is related to the drivers about the development of ECNY. <clears throat> uh, firstly, um, the the, the reason or the drivers between, behind the ECNY is to, uh, firstly, to improve the financial inclusion. Secondly, is to improve the efficiency of the central bank payment system with wider access and stronger capacity. And thirdly, is to pro pro provide a backup or redundancy for the retail payment system. And, and the first, of course, is to you know, to improve the financial inclusion is to diversify the forms of the cash provided by the to the general public by the central bank, to satisfy the general public's demand for digital cash and support the financial inclusion. A, the ECNY system will make financial services more accessible, providing fair currency for a large population in various uh, scenarios. Those without bank accounts could enjoy basic financial services provided via ECNY wallets. Uh, for example, for those uh, population in remote areas and poor areas, they could open a digital wallet without uh, the support of a traditional bank accounts. And of course, the foreign residents temporarily traveling to China, they can open a digital wallet uh, to meet the daily payment needs without opening a domestic bank account. Um, so, in addition, the, the ECNY, as I mentioned, is settled upon payment. The small business and related parties can improve their liquidity management with, while enjoying more convenient payment services. Of course, the second reason is to improve the efficiency of the central bank payment system. And for, you know, uh, in recent years, there is a trend that the uh, central banks are proving uh, their the central bank payment system by uh, including more uh, participants and prolong the service hours and also improve the efficiency. Some some of the central banks actually um, trying are trying to do that by uh, building up a fast payment system. While the Chinese, what our people's people's bank China, are trying to make those improvements by introduce the CBDC in China. And thirdly, to uh, provide a backup redundancy for the retail payment system. As you may know, we have two big giants that uh, already dominant the whole retail market. But problem is, if there is something bad happened to them, either financially or technically, definitely we are going to have a significant impact, negative impact on the retail payment service market. Retail actually uh, significantly impact the daily life of general public. So that's why we should have a backup system to guarantee there's no financial uh, 
uh, disability uh, risks if there's something uh, something goes wrong. Thank you. I think. Thank you. You know, it was it was important and, and, and interesting. Obviously, that 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 you uh, again really confirmed. You know, <clears throat> like a, a, an account based uh, a system, and and then walking through just sort of your logic um, um, with redundancies and, and the larger role. Uh, for the ECNY, um, uh, you, you, here here in the states, the project has has attracted some uh, skepticism uh, as to the ultimate uh, intention and, and aims of of a digital yuan. And, and you had mentioned the the managed anonymity. M maybe you could go um, a step further and just sort of explain to us what what that concept uh, means and and are the privacy. Uh, 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 measures that are taken, are, are they any different from how it, it would operate internationally versus domestically? Well, uh, that's actually, I, uh, the question is about two parts. Uh, one is the management anonymity. The other one is the internationalization of RMB. So I will answer the first part firstly. Um, the privacy actually is one of the core issues in our man, which is concerned a lot, concern us uh, ourselves a lot when we design the East and Y. So, um, as I mentioned, we have to strike a balance between protecting the privacy of the general public and combating those, those illegal transactions. Both as the aspect of same important to a CBDC. We cannot ignore any one of them. So finally, we come up with the idea that is a principle actually is a managed anonymity. That is to, to be specific, that is anonymity for small value and traceable for high value. Firstly, the least privileged wallet, we call it the fourth category of the wallet can be opened merely with a phone number, either a domestic phone number or foreign phone number. While the, uh, you know, uh, as you may know, before the electronic payment system, the Chinese commercial banks and the PSPs, they are required to collect and process area of personal data on individual, on the individuals during the onboarding process or before, in, before engaging any certain business transactions with them. But we only collect a phone number only for these small, I mean, least privileged uh, wallet. So that's the, the, the fourth category of the digital wallet is anonymous, even to the PBC under the current legal system. Because, you know, we, we only, we, we recently we introduced, uh, the, Chin the Chinese government introduced enforcement actually enforced uh, the personal information protection law. Under that law, the telecom companies cannot release any information, any ident identity information to any third parties, including the central bank. So the central bank, the PPC, um, cannot access, in including the authorized operators, which, which is the second, second tier, um, organizations, they cannot retrieve or access to the ID information behind that phone number. So they, 
the PPC can only access the ECNY transactions across institutions because we are taking care of the audit across institutions transactions. And it, given any transaction is illicit, uh, we, in which case law, in which case the law agency, the, the law enforcement agency could retrieve data with legal warrant from the telecom companies. So that's the, for the anonymous, anonymous uh, digital wallets. And secondly, the function for pushing subword to the authorized online merchants will ensure the safety of custom, customers' personal information by encryption and tokenization. That's to say the ECNY system collects the least transaction information comparing with traditional electronic payment system. So that will actually uh, apply to all the users. So the concern actually personally I have actually is how to effectively, effectively prevent and combat, combat money laundering, tariff financing, and tax invasion under the effective anonymous ECNY system. So this actually, there's a big misunderstanding uh, about the uh, uh, anonymity issue of, uh, of the ECNY system. Money is the ultimate consumer-facing product. We all know it, we all use it, and whatever governments do, they have to grapple with not only security and economic considerations, but also the very needs of the people using it. Obviously, the story of the digital yuan has yet to be completed, and an important part of that story will likely involve the question of internationalization. That is, to what extent not only the people in China may be expected to use the currency, but also foreigners. And it's here where not only China, but any country using a CBDC will face a wider set of considerations that touch not only on a country's domestic needs, but also international expectations and standards. Now, what these international expectations and standards will be are still very much up for grabs, but they will impact the very future of digital currencies, regardless as to which country is ultimately sponsoring them. It's going to be fascinating watching how it all plays out. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit me up at Chris Brummer DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. We'd love to hear from you.